more. Because I'm also going to not be me again and use a little sheet here. You remember back at the beginning of the year, and if anyone's got a little uh, Everton, I know you like to get around and walk around. If you'll help me out with anybody that doesn't have it. Remember at the beginning of the year, I think it was the very first sermon that I preached this year on Sunday night. Hand out a little, little card just like this. And I asked you to give me two pros and two cons about Jesus being the same yesterday, today, and forever. Does anyone remember that at all? I still have those cards, by the way, and those are still really good answers. And James just led the song, The Last Mile of the Way. Because I had been wanting, again, as last week, I had been wanting to write about some of the running that I do. Because when you get into the last mile, you really start to do some serious thinking about what has just gone through. And if we were to break down the year into a marathon, which would be 26.2 miles, right? We would find ourselves starting today in the last mile of this year. Because we don't know when the last mile of our life will ever be. There's just no way of knowing that. You know that in a finite race, that if it's 26 miles, you know that final mile. Real life, we don't know that. But here we are at the year, we are so close to that, that it seems appropriate that we now can look back and say, okay, here was the race that we ran this year. And here's what we're going to talk about. I want to start with two facts before I ask you the question that you're going to write on your sheet of paper there. I want to start with two very simple facts. One, we live in a big world, right? We got six plus billion people. And what we have seen this year in this world is that we don't live in the same world we did starting January 1. This world has changed dramatically in a very short amount of time. You can see that politically. You can see that from many different areas. You can see that in movies and TVs and newspapers and sports. And it is just a different world. And that's just a fact, right? Like, should we expect anything less? No. But it seems as though maybe this year, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel that this year in particular, it just feels like things change faster than normal. And maybe that's what happens as you get older and you start having a few more and all that kind of stuff. You realize that it does happen this way. I want you to notice that sometimes we feel like this, spiritually speaking. I want you to go to the book of Acts very quickly. Like we're probably looking at this world and we're saying, man, this ain't the place place I signed up for. This is a little different than what I expected was going to be December 17th, 2017. Because things are, as we would say, upside down, it would seem like. And there's always been this passage in Acts 17, when Paul is in Thessalonica, starting the church there. That these people, they come after him because they don't want him to preach the gospel there. And they come to him and they say this about what he has been preaching. It says down in verse 6, as they drag Jason. So pick up with me in verse 6 of Acts 17. So when they could not find them, they couldn't find Paul, and they couldn't find Silas, they couldn't find them, 
They dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Again, their reputation is that they've gone in and they've changed the world. They have flipped it on its head and everything is gone. You've heard me talk about that a billion and a half times. How many of us are saying that now? These people or this person has turned the world upside down. Many in this world would feel that way. Many in this world would say this. But yet there's still one person that hadn't changed the lick, isn't there? There's still that person, Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's not changed at all, but yet the circumstances of everything else has. That's the way everyone's always felt. Everyone always feels like their world is being turned upside down, like someone is coming in and trying to do something to them. And maybe, sometimes it is. Was Paul trying to come in and turn the world upside down at Thessalonica? He absolutely was. He was trying to go in and convert people to Jesus Christ, to get them, as he would say in the letter, to turn them from vain idols to serve the living God. When you come in and you try to change people and their religions... Guess what they feel like you're doing? You're turning their world upside down. Everything in which they know, up is now down, down is now up. And it's like, where in the world is north, south, east? Well, like, I have no compass and no bearing of where in the world to go. And that's for the constant Jesus. That thing in the north to which we can always point to that will always be the same even when the world around us changes. Jesus is there. Jesus is the same. But you know, there are things that are also the same in the world. Everything changes, but there are some things that stay the same. And one of the things that stays the same, I want you to look in Matthew chapter 26. As the disciples' life was about to change, and they didn't even get it. This is in the night in which Jesus is betrayed. He's telling them about that he's going away to the Father. And then he's going to come back and all this good stuff. But they aren't following what he says. And you remember, there was that ointment that was used to anoint him. And Judas got all upset about that. Said, man, this money should have been given to the poor. Well, Jesus says in Matthew 26 and verse 11, and you could go with many other passages in the Gospels about this. Verse 11 says, You have the poor with you always, but you will not always have me. You see, do we still have poor people? Do we still need to take care of poor people? Do we still have Jesus? Yes. Did the apostles still have Jesus? Yes. But did they have him where they could touch him? They could feel him? They could talk to him right away and he would respond and no, their world was about to change. You see, some things say the same, but some things change. And quite frankly, this is nothing new that people feel like all of a sudden their world has changed. And the apostles would fit right into that. Imagine that day when they kill him, when there's only one of them at the cross. What in the world are we going to do now? Their world changed. And then three days later, guess what? Their world changed even more. That's just the way the world works. It just is always in constant change. And the reason for that, and here's our second fact, 
is that we are changing individuals. Like, we don't stay the same all the time. Wouldn't it be sweet if we did? Like, if, let's say we reach to our ideal body weight. We would like that, right? We would like to maintain, for me, I would like to be like 185. If I could keep 185 for the rest of my life, that would be really awesome. But guess what happens when I wake up in the morning? It's not 185, it's probably 189, 183. It's all over the place. It constantly changes. Your weight changes every day, doesn't it? In fact, those of you that are in weight loss type of stuff, well, they tell you not to do. Don't weigh every single day because all it's going to do is just mess with your head because it's constantly changing. Our bodies change. And so as we get older, guess what? Our bodies change. There's a couple of you in this room that are starting to squeak in the voice a little bit. I remember those days very much. Though everything is totally different. And then there are some of you that feel like, man, I wish I could go back in time. Because the cold that we've had the last couple weeks hurts the aches, the pains. A little more. We don't roll out of bed quite as quickly. We don't shovel the car off quite as easily. In fact, we may not even shovel it anymore. We may have to pay the neighborhood kid 20 bucks and say, man, I wish I had my 20 bucks back. But we just can't do it anymore, right? Because we change. We can't stay the same. It is an impossibility to stay the same. Because as Isaiah says in Isaiah the 40th chapter, in verse 6, all flesh is grass. Like we are like the flower of the grass. It's the beautiful. The flower is beautiful and the grass is beautiful. But verse 7, the grass withers, the flower fades when the Lord blows upon it. Surely people are grass. Like that's just the way of the world. And we feel that more and more. And so there's that phrase, youth is wasted on the young. Because those of us, as we get a little bit older, we wish we had done things just a little differently. Remember what the Ecclesiastes writer says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 10? Oh, I wish I could go back. He says, it's not from wisdom that you ask this. See, it doesn't do any good to try to go back and change things that can't be changed anymore. Because once we change, we're changed. We're there. Physically speaking, that is. But spiritually speaking, aren't we always supposed to be in constant change? You think about a passage like Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 in particular. A passage that we use relatively frequently in verse 1 about how we are to have spiritual service, a spiritual sacrifice, all of these different things. And what we have in verse 2, do not be conformed, don't be molded. That's our word. Be molded by the world, but transformed. Metamorphosis. That's our word. We are to change. We are to grow. We are to be different by the renewing or the renewal of the mind and so on and so forth. We understand that as Christians. That our bodies change and spiritually speaking we must change as well. We must grow and change and morph as well, right? But do some things stay the same as well? Well, yes, spiritually speaking. So look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In this great chapter about the greatest change, 1 Corinthians 15, that all flesh 
and blood that's going into the kingdom of heaven has to be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, right? At the last trumpet. Because what is sown perishable must be raised imperishable. Our body has to go in the dirt. It has to come out. Or we have to be changed immediately before it goes into heaven because flesh and blood can't go. But notice how he concludes this thing about this great victory and this great transformation that we have in Christ Jesus. He says in verse 58, Paul says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable. Don't you change. Don't you move. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You see, even while we are supposed to be changing as Christians, we're supposed to be remaining steadfast and in one place. That's kind of a little bit of an oxymoron of these two things. So, with those facts in mind, we're changing individuals who need to stay the same. And we live in a changing world that is changing, but is still the same. Here's where your index card comes into, comes into play. I would like for you to give me one positive and one negative of something about that has changed in the world. So one positive and one negative change in the world. And one positive and one negative change about yourself. And we'll give you just a second to do that because here's the point of that. The point of that is very simple. We're too often to look at the negative of the world. And we only see the negative, we only see the bad, and we just put all our focus there. And when it comes to looking at ourselves, we only tend to look at the good in ourselves. And we need to see the negative, the down as well. So I'm going to give you about a couple minutes there. And then I'm going to tell you mine. And that will also maybe get your mind rolling. And I'll just collect some as we go. So I want you to take just about a minute to think about that. And then I'll, I'll give you mine. You might even be saying to yourself, Wes, this is, this is too personal. I can't tell you something bad about me. Remember, we've been reading in Daniel, what we're about to see in Daniel, we studied it in Nehemiah chapter 9, about how the people, they confess the sins of their fathers, and they confess the sins of them as a people. Like, sometimes we just need to do that. And I'm not saying that we do that tonight. We, we sign our names to our sheet of paper. I'm not saying that. I won't even know whose it is. But too far often, as I, like I've been saying, we're too focused on the good and we don't really look at the things that have negatively changed. Now, I know it's hard to come up with everything in a short amount of time because I had a lot of time to really sit back and think about these particular things. But I'm going to tell you the change in the world that I think to be the most positive. And it's happened, I think, within the last six months as we deal with all of this sexual harassment and all of these types of things is that what we have in the world now is we have a little more, oh, it's all out of order, of course it is. So I guess i got to start with me. I think I'm more sympathetic this year than ever in my life. That has been by decision. I am naturally a cold individual that if something bad happens to you, tough. Like, I hate it for you, 
but it does not affect me. Well, this year, that's true, right? This year I have tried to be affected more by other people suffering hardships. And what has been helpful in that is other people empathizing with me. Because I have learned from other people that aren't going through the exact same types of things, their ability to do that, their ability to put themselves in my position with the empathy, and just show sympathy that this was bad. This was not good. You might not agree with that, but I think personally I've done a little better job, which if you start at a zero and you get to point five. That's better than negative 0.5. Like, I, I think I've done a little better in that. But I'll tell you where I've got, I think I've gotten worse. I've gotten worse in my procrastination. Whether it be teaching a class or whether it be in writing a sermon or whether it be in paying a parking ticket or whatever it might be, or paying a medical bill. Like, I've just dragged my feet more this year than I have ever done in my life. It used to be if I was preaching on Sunday, my PowerPoint was ready to go on Saturday morning, and it was like, all right, Saturday I can kind of just sit back and kind of relax, and I can just make sure if I want to make any changes on Sunday morning, it's great. Well, now it's like if I've got my PowerPoint finished by 8.15 on Sunday morning, I'm like, yeah, I am early. Well, that's not good. That's the opposite of the direction that you want to go. So I got to get back personally to being more, I don't know if on time is the right word, but more consistent in that area of preparedness and preparation. But when I think about the world, as I was saying earlier, I think one of the big things that I find to be a good change is right now is this accountability that we have in the world. That we're no longer just able with money and with power to get away with anything. You see that in pastors of churches. You see that in executives of corporations. You see that in teachers at school. You see that virtually in the newspaper or on the Internet every single day. I think that's a good thing. Because for far too long, things have been swept under the rug and have been ignored that aren't being dealt with and now are being dealt with. But I think one of the other issues that I have with this world that I think is bad, and I think Michael's even going to talk about this some really in the first quarter, because he and I have talked about a lot about this this year, is disrespect. Like, I haven't noticed in my life adults being so disrespectful to other adults. Whether that is boss employee, whether that is student teacher, whether that is Christian to Christian, I've never seen so many people just not care at all who tells them what they should do. And so I've got friends that say, well, it's us millennials. We millennials are the problem. We are entitled, and I agree. We do feel entitled. And therein lies a lack of respect for those that have worked to get hard to get the things that are in their possession, that I see it as it goes as you guys that have worked hard and have fought for everything that you have, as you guys, I hate to use this, change and die off, our generation rises and we are going to just treat one another terribly. That's 
the world that I'm afraid that I see us in. And it stood out to me more than ever this year how we just don't respect one another. But yet we live in a, a good world. We live in a place that, you know what? And in a time where we can make changes, where we can change things personally, and we can change things even as a group of God's people for the better as a collective, as Michael will talk about in that. So that's me. I, I think I'm doing okay on some of these things, not so okay on others. Anybody wants to pass their cards in, or if Everton's got a stack of cards, I'll, I'll steal some and I'll read a few here. Uh, and then I will shuffle them around so that no one feels that... Uh, see, I'm not even looking at them. So, oh, I got some right there. Thank you. You pass them all the way in, Greg. That'd be great. Uh, all right, so let's go with this here. And if you want your card back, you can come fish it out of my pile later. Uh, or maybe you wrote down what you, and maybe you'll remember what you wrote down. Oh, we got more. Alright, so I'll get through as many of these as I can in a short little amount of time. And then at the end, we're gonna say a quick prayer about some of these things, just kind of dealing, uh, with some of these things that, that I remember. Alright. No idea who this is. So we got a positive about the world. There is a, uh, a great awareness of how bad and how good certain things are. So people are more aware about how bad and how good things are, is what this individual is saying. And the negative is there is less respect for authority. Well, lo and behold, that was somebody right on the thing with me. How about the, the positive for the self? A greater appreciation for the simple, most important things in life. So those things that are smaller, maybe, or that are most important. And the negative, the less physical ability to accomplish to have what we know to be done. So people just can't do what they used to do or want to do. All right, here's another one. Here's the positive of, of the world. We still have the seasons. I would agree with that. All right? The negative... The world doesn't go as we expected. That's that's what it says. So we don't know uh, what it's going to be. It's it's a negative. I would say, yeah, that's that's a downside of the world. Okay. How about a positive of the self? More experienced, and a negative. The pains are increased uh, from that. A positive one I can read. All right. So a positive in the world gives the world an opportunity to make things better. The negative in the world. Progressive thinking pulls too many people away from God. The way in which we are moving isn't getting closer to God, but further away is what this individual is saying. And in themselves, the positive. The ever-changing political and economic climate reminds me that this world is not my home. Yeah, that's a good one. You're not thinking about this world being everything. And the negative of this world. It's difficult to remain steadfast, faithful, in a constantly changing world. Agreed. Let's deal with the world here. People are not the same as in the past. I would say that's about, that's a lot of truth, right? There's a lot less God-fearing people in the world. But then, here we go. People are about doing faith themselves and not willing to help others. 
so they are, they're not. So in, in the self, I cannot read that, so I'm going to have to skip that one. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a good reader here. Uh, so the positive in the world. Worldly kindness and willingness to help. Uh, we saw that with the hurricanes in particular, right? Uh, people from all over the world helping out. And the negative, the lack of acknowledgement of God in the world. Um, and the positive for, for someone, for themselves, was that they were more emotional. Or they felt a little more. But the negative was they felt they were judgmental. Uh, and I'm sure some of us can relate to that uh, in particular, especially as Michael's been talking the last couple of weeks about some of those things. Uh, the positives in me. I am God's child, and I act that way. All right. The negative, sometimes I do not act as a, as a child of God. <laughs> yes. Uh, terrific. So the down, so the positive of the world, the seasons they come and they go. It doesn't last. And the downside, nothing is forever. Um, so in the world, the negative is unwillingness to listen. If you're a student, if you're a teacher, I imagine this looks like a teacher's handwriting. Uh, you understand that they don't listen to anything. Or a positive, and the positive, a greater value for equality. Or we're trying to be equal. Or we're trying to treat people fairly and justly, as this person would say. So in themselves. The negative is too easily distracted by stupid things uh, with drowning confidence, this individual says. And the positive is trusting God to resolve the problems in others' lives, or in parentheses, beginning to. Uh, working towards doing that. So in the world, there's a positive. There's an acceptance of religion. I have not seen that as much, but there's a, there is somewhat an acceptance of if you've got a religion, you can practice any religion you want. But the negative is the acceptance of sin. Is that the world, we just completely accept everything. So here's the negative, very similar to me, in themselves, timeliness. Uh, they don't see themselves being very timely and positive. Their passion for the Lord is up and going good. So let's look at a negative in the world. Now let's look at a, uh, a negative. Racism still exists. Positive. We had our first black president a few years ago. The, in themselves, positive. I have grown in my knowledge of the word of the Bible and negative my prayer life is not as it should be. You know, uh, I'm, I'm on that one. Those of you that were in Wednesday night class, you understand that I'm going to try to pray 90 times in January, not including prayers here and at meals. So I'm going to try to be like Daniel in that. And I know Bill, I know Bill and Pat are planning to do it too because my prayer life is not what it should be. That wasn't the biggest negative as I've seen the biggest negative change, but that is one of those things for sure. So let's see, a positive and a negative change in the world. Positive. There's a balance of power. There's some accountability somewhat. Balance of power. Uh, let's see, here's another one here. The, uh, the, oh, okay, here we go. The world, the positive. There's unity uh, in the world. Uh, and 
And the political change is a negative. And the self, more patient. Uh, whoever wrote this, give me some, give me some tips on that one. Uh, so they were more patient this year. And the other uh, was they were resolving uh, in all things here. Let's see. Let's read just a couple more. Can't read that one, so I won't read that one. Oh, here you go, world. There's an increase in technology. It's positive. There's a change in technology. We see that. And then, kind of like the other person, downside is the change in technology. Uh, goes, right? So the positive for this person is they find themselves to be more patient. Again, you got the tips on that. Send them my way. But then here's the negative. Worry about things they can't control. I imagine most of us, at some point in our lives, have felt with that. And I'll read one more here. Uh, let's find one that I, can, that I can read. Here we go, positive. One positive in the world. There's more information available, so there's no excuse for ignorance. Yeah, that's one way. But I might put that on the negative side. That there's no excuse for ignorance, right? But it's a good thing that we have it so much at our hands in the negative, more violence and hatred uh, as it just keeps being shown. And in themselves, I'm more a little organized than I used to be. Uh, I know well, I'm not on that one. But I don't feel as well as I used to. The negative of that. And it just seems as though in life, when you get something going, Satan doesn't let us have a lot of success for a long period of time, does he? When you start getting where you want to be, coming around that corner, the things in which are out of our control, the things which we did not expect to see, those are the things that now come and they slap us right in the face and they are now a hindrance to us remaining faithful to God. But as we said all along at the very beginning of this year, the solution to all of this is that Jesus is still there. As Marvin read for us, Hebrews 13, I will never leave you or forsake you. I am the same yesterday, today, forever. He's not going anywhere. He doesn't change. He still loves mercy and justice and righteousness and all of those things that which make Him better and perfect. That's still Him. And as someone said, it makes them focus more on this is not my home. Well, far too often I find myself in the opposite of that. I get too caught up on this world to not think about this world is not my home. And so someone else has got it shifted right in their minds. Their minds are not set on the things of this earth. But their minds, Colossians 3, are set on the things above. Because they see themselves having been raised with Christ and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And so they think about those spiritual things. And what, all we're trying to get across is that when we really look at our lives and we really look about whether or not I am going to remain faithful as Jesus is faithful. If I don't have the mental determination that I am going to stick with Jesus, 
there will be all kinds of things that I will be allowing and will gladly accept to get in my way of being faithful. But if I'm running that race and I see that finish line at the end, and I say, man, I know I was trying to run it in three hours and five minutes, but I'm not going to make it in three hours and five minutes. And I can look back to a certain point of the, of the race and I can say, okay, now here's the reason why I didn't make it in three hours and five minutes. But guess what I'm still going to do? I'm still going to cross that finish line. There ain't going to be nothing that's going to stop me in the way when I am that close to being what I need to be. I may not have been exactly what I wanted to be, but the end goal is still the same. Nothing is going to get in my way. That is determination. And far too often we try to use the world as an excuse not to do what Jesus would have us to do. Because I'm afraid we're far too often not determined to remain faithful. We're faithful when it's easy and it's downstream and it doesn't require a ton of exertion. But when you get to the end of a race, not only have you exerted a lot of energy, you still have to exert a lot of energy. And you have to find it from somewhere and where it's not coming naturally. And that's life. Is that when we get to the end, we've got to find it from somewhere, not in ourselves, and it is right here. Someone said today that, again, using this passage from Hebrews 13, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, person said to me today, I just keep telling myself, I know God is not going to give me anything more than I can bear. If God didn't tell us that in his word, would I even have the courage, the strength to even put up a fight on certain things? But what this person said to me was, because he's letting me go through this, I know he believes I can do it. That's determination. That's somebody who is in the last mile and they're not giving up. Life's not been perfect. World's not been perfect. But they're not letting the world change them. They are trying to change the world. So what is going to be in my case? Am I going to be changed? Or am I going to change? That's the question. Let's give a, a short prayer here and then our God and our Father, you know, uh, it's, it's hard as we get to the end of these years. We're excited as we look to a new year and we're, we're tired, we're exhausted, and now we're, we're cold and we're wore out from all the snow and then we got more tonight. And as someone said, well, multiple people said tonight, it's a good thing that the seasons, they come and they go. It's beautiful to, to get to enjoy all of this as others, they don't get to see um, this beautiful part of your creation. Father, sometimes it does wear us out, just like all the other things in life. They, they do wear us out, and they do make us tired. But, Father, we're just grateful that you're always there, that you've designed it this way so that good can come from your creation. And, Father, we just pray that we would always be appreciative of what you've done for us and what you've given us. Wherever our lot is in life, wherever we may be on this planet, we just pray that we would always look uh, to you and that we would be appreciative of the very small things, the things that are maybe more important 
some of those big things, Father, or someone said that they see to be a good thing. But Father, one of the things that we, we try to do and we try to think about is to be honest with ourselves. To be honest of things that we are good at and things that we are poor at. And Father, we pray as we, we come to this year, yeah, we might be upset at how we, we handled some things and how we dealt in certain situations and what we got ourselves in. But Father, help us to have the determination to push through those things, to try to right those things, to try to make those things right with you, and to push on and hold on to your everlasting arms, knowing that holding on to you and to your son Jesus is the only way in which we are going to survive. Father, just give us the determination to put up a fight, to not go down easy, and to know that you have complete confidence in us, that if you throw a temptation our way, or I should say if you allow a temptation to come our way, you know that we can handle it. You know that we can deal with it. Father, give us the, the wisdom and the knowledge at that time to deal with it. Father, just help us in all these things. Father, we just thank you so much for Jesus, your Son, and in his and him that we pray. Amen. Again, I didn't do a ton of teaching tonight. What I did is I hope I got you to think. Just for a little bit as we get prepared for the end of this year and beginning of next year, how determined am I going to be to stay with Christ? Some of us may not even be determined at all. We might not have even started our race with Christ or our walk with Christ. Maybe you are determined now to get that going, to join that race, to be a part of this so that you can receive that great reward of eternal life that great body that is incorruptible and unperishable that will never fade away like that crown of life. Maybe you're ready for that. Why don't you come now? Or if you need the prayers of the congregation to help you be stronger and to be more determined, come now as we stand and as we sing.